Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is Holy Trinity Sunday, where we focus on the doctrine that there is only one God with three persons. On this day, we confess the creed of the church that, specific, that most specifically helps us to understand the Trinity. I know it's long, that's why we only do it once a year. <laughs> but this is the day that we confess uh, that creed. The confession of the Trinity is believed by all Christians. Depending, it doesn't matter which denomination you're in, all Christian denominations confess the Holy Trinity. If, they're, if they don't confess the Holy Trinity, they're not a Christian denomination. One way I like to describe the uh, word God is, in, in all my years of catechism, how I best dis- decided to do this was to dis- equate the word God with the word family. Now, normally we think of the word God and we think of person. God is a person. But if you look at the word family, it fits a little better. How many families in my immediate family do I have? Just one family. How many persons are in my immediate family? There's four. Myself, my wife, my two children. But here's where that analogy breaks down, as all analogies do, when concerning uh, God. How many wills are in my family? There's at least four. Sometimes there's eight, because sometimes we desire to do what's good and wrong at the same time. How many wills are in God? Just one will. There is one will. Today's scripture lessons, they give us a glimpse into Yahweh, the one God with three persons. They give us each a little, a little peek of what each one does within the Trinity. In order, to understand God's, in order to understand God's care for us, we will be looking and examining some very familiar verses. Probably to all of you, most of you have this verse memorized by heart. We're specifically going to be looking at John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In these very familiar verses, you have the Holy Trinity's mission to save mankind after our fall into sin. First, the Father is given. The Father is given the name God. And this is consistent with John 1, where we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. So in these verses, Jesus is going by the name Word or Logos. And he is with God, meaning the Son is with the Father. I'm going to try to make this not too weighty or too, uh, but I really want to get into the heart of what, what they are doing. 
So here in John 3.16, we see the Father, He is so loving the world that He gave. He loves, He gives. The Father did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. The Father's love causes Him to give, To send in order to save. The Father did not send Jesus for extra judgment or, or punishment or condemnation. We were already that way. The Ten Commandments, uh, the amazing thing is, is that even though we were born in sin, we all break the Ten Commandments which Romans 13 describes the Ten Commandments as love. Love is the fulfillment of all the commandments. We don't love. We love partially. We love people that we like. We love people that are nice to us. We don't love our enemies. And most of the time we're thinking about ourselves before we think about the other person. This even happens in in families. (laughs) It even happens between brother and sister, husband and wife, parents and children. But God still loves us, even though we were in sin. John 3.16 points this out. He still loves, and he still gives. He still sends. He still saves. In our Old Testament lesson, we see Isaiah. He's confronted with the glory of God. He recalls this confrontation, and it was in his eyes. He recalls, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, translated from the Hebrew as Adonai. I saw Adonai, high and sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Translated as Yahweh. Holy, holy, holy is Yahweh of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king The Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, the Yahweh of hosts. It should be noted that when Isaiah first sees the glory of Yahweh, the first thing he recognizes, or that happens to him, is he is filled with fear. He's not, how's it going? Give me a high five. He is filled with fear. And he says, woe is me, I'm lost. Ezekiel has a similar experience, and Ezekiel hits the deck. 
He can't even look up. His eyes are shut. His face is on the ground. And the very first thing that came to Isaiah's mind was the, was the Eighth Commandment. I'm a liar. I live among a bunch of liars. I don't fear and love God. I don't speak well of my neighbor. I gossip about my neighbor. I don't defend him or explain everything in the kindest way. And it filled, this thought filled him with fear. What thoughts would come to your mind? Have you ever had feelings or thoughts of anger or hatred towards your neighbor? Have you desired another person sexually that wasn't your spouse? What is it? When Isaiah was confronted with God, two things came to mind. God's holiness, his lies. He could say nothing but woe is me, I am lost. He confessed his sin. A similar thing happened to the people in our reading from Acts today. After Peter makes it clear that you are the ones who crucified Jesus, who crucified God the Son, right after our reading for today, we, don't, we don't, didn't go all the way there, but right after it says that they were cut to the heart and they said to the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? The first thing that came to their mind was their sin. And the funny thing, the interesting thing is, they were confronted with the same Yahweh, but through preaching. They came into confrontation with the same God. And the first thing that came to their mind was their sinfulness. They didn't argue with their conviction. They didn't argue with Peter. Peter, you have it all wrong. It wasn't me. They were stopped. These two examples are something to think about because we often carry on uh, with our sin as though we will never have to meet the holiness of God. We often carry on with this or that as though God had no idea about what we are doing, saying, or thinking. I am just as guilty as everybody else in this room. We act as though... God's not here once we leave this room. But he does know. And this should cut us to the heart as it cut the disciples. This should bring us to echo Isaiah's words. Woe is me, I am lost. When we reach an understanding of our sinfulness in the presence of a holy God, we are then pointed to the love of God by the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bids us to lift up our eyes to behold the Father's love in the one he has sent. Again, hear these words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son 
that whoever believes, this is the Holy Spirit's work, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world should be saved through him. The Holy Spirit creates belief that this righteous God loves me, that he sent his son to save me. I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit calls me by the gospel, enlightens me with his gifts, sanctifies and keeps me in the true faith. The Father loved us in this way. He sent his Son to be lifted up on the cross to bear our sin. Anything that comes to our mind in the presence of that holy God, it was there on the cross of Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for us. In our Isaiah passage, we see Isaiah terrified because of his sin. Then one of the seraphim, one of the messengers of the Lord, flew to me, he recalls, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth. And said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. The Father loved Isaiah so that he sent a messenger that healed Isaiah with the means of grace. We know that this atoning work was through Jesus because Scripture interprets Scripture and it lets us know that all sin, all atonement is made possible by the cross of Jesus. And Isaiah received this work, and his fear was taken away. It was transformed. He was frozen with fear to begin with. And upon his sin being taken away from him, when God says, who will go for me? This man who had hit the ground says, Here am I. Send me. He was transformed into somebody who could do the work of God. The work of God is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. He was transformed into someone who could carry out love when before he was someone who could only hit the ground. Full of fear. Perfect love casts away all fear. And this same scene is carried out in Acts after our reading. They they said, brothers, what shall we do filled with fear? And Peter Peter replies, repent and be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of sin. And you will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, for your children, for all who are far off, whom the Lord our God calls unto himself. 
the gifts. That, that, that tongue of fire, that was a one-time sacrament. But Jesus instituted baptism, the Lord's Supper, to be carried out until the day that he returns. Being, as it will, tongues of fire that remove our lying lips. That, that remove. All that came to my mind was uh, that Dwight Yoakam song, Your Cheating Heart. <laughs> but that remove your cheating heart. These things are taken away by a God who loves you. It would be impossible to believe this if it wasn't for the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, crying out to your heart, testifying to your heart so that you cry out, Abba, Father. Hear these words. For the Father so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him by the power of the Holy Spirit should not perish but have eternal life. For the Father did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. You were already condemned by the law. But he sent him So that whoever believes in him by the Holy Spirit, that condemnation is taken away. Praise be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.